Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Callista Redmond, CEO of Risk Five International. Prior to Risk Five International, Callista held a variety of roles at IBM, including Vice President of IBM Z Ecosystem, where she led strategic relationships across software vendors, system integrators, business partners, developer communities, and broader engagement across the industry. Welcome to the podcast, Callista. Thanks so much. It's so great to be here. Yeah, you know, you've been with Risk Five for about four and a half years now. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and, you know, give us some highlights? Wow, it has been a whirlwind of activity. It's gone by faster and uh, with more uh, speed and agility from the entire community than I would have ever expected coming into this. Uh, you know, honestly, when, when we first uh, came together four and a half years ago, it was uh, it felt like a startup. It felt like the world was still waiting to see if RISC-V was real or if this was a project in the back room and the research uh, somewhere not quite ready for commercialization. We have fully crossed over that transom and it has been a delight to see not just the startups and venture capital community and embedded space coming on board, but really the might and strength and investment and dedication across the you know the larger industry from you know cloud and ai and autonomous vehicles and all those workloads that you see adopting custom silicon uh, so it's really been a delight and an honor and a privilege to see the deeper relationships and engagement across the community yeah i'll have to agree with that uh risk five first came to semi wiki in 2017 and you know it was kind of a uh a novelty item uh, at the beginning, but uh, it's one of our top um, search traffic uh, taglines and it's one of our top, you know, red topics uh, categories. So um, it is real and I track design starts and, you know, I look at what's inside the design start and boy, I see risk five uh, much more prevalent in design starts now than, than maybe a few years ago. So uh, well done. So what was the risk five ecosystem showing off at DAC this year? So DAC has been a long time great uh, forum for RISC-V to really get out there and share with the industry what's going on. And uh, this year was no different. In fact, DAC hosted uh, 19 different sessions uh, in their program and agenda, uh, along with 12 sessions in the RISC-V zone. Uh, so the RISC-V zone is where we've got a number of different uh, partners who have set up their, uh, you know, space in the pavilion to uh, kind of showcase their latest uh, products and, and uh, progress. So we uh, hosted together with Imperis, Codacip, Chips Alliance, Agile Analog, and Siemens, as well as a, a RISC-V stand. And, uh, you know, across all of those 19 sessions, uh, you know, it was really a delight. We continue to see a huge amount of interest and show and tell around uh, security, uh, some timing and low power designs, uh, you know, continuing the, uh, the deepened uh, traction that we already have in embedded systems and software, uh, as well as virtual platforms. You know, where do you model things out? Uh, and then, of course, those new workloads around acceleration, AI, and ML. 
uh, more uh, coming to market in cloud, uh, autonomous systems, and, uh, and of course, EDA. Right. And you also moderated a panel at, at DAC with several different companies. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, you know, there's been so much discussion across the industry on how ready for prime time are we and what is needed. And there are so many efforts going on in parallel. This is not, a, you know, a single track effort uh, driven by one uh, corporate or industry interest, but it's the collective interest and investments of the whole community. So this session really brought together many of those stakeholders. You know, we had uh, Bob Brennan from Intel, Rick O'Connor over at Open Hardware Group, uh, Simon Davidman from Imperis, Balaji Bhatta from uh, Ventana, and Himanshu uh, Sangavi over at uh, Meta. And really when you bring together some of those newer companies as well as, you know, some of the multinational perspectives, you know, from fab to design, uh, you really start to kind of get a sense of that readiness. And so, uh, you know, we talked about some of the areas that we're eager to um, strengthen around profiles and platforms. We talked about, uh, you know, some of the design starts and things that are already in motion based on the huge effort that's already gone on and the traction uh, as we've ratified specs and, and other pieces to uh, enable that uh, the promise of uh, an open hardware design and to enable the uh, you know really the coalescing of an industry around an open standard yeah, I think one of the things I'm most impressed with risk five is is the ecosystem you've developed and you know the risk five zone at DAC is, is a good example so speaking of events uh, I know you had the risk five summit Europe recently uh, what are some of the takeaways from that the energy and excitement and enthusiasm at the RISC-V Summit Europe was palpable. It was an absolutely packed house. And, you know, we kind of set it up by design that folks would not want to leave and they didn't. We had a table set up that you could continue on your email and continue to stay for all of the sessions. And, you know, there would be hours and hours of sessions all day long and folks would not move. They were, you know, kind of riveted by the content. The content really is always king, right? And, you know, we had something for technical audiences that were looking for a deeper dive as well as industry outlooks and uh, some of the products and things coming to market. Uh, we had panels and speakers, um, you know, hundreds of folks really showed up. In fact, it's uh, exceeded our expectations. I don't recall the final numbers, but, but uh, well more than 400 folks uh, came together and you know for you know we had about five different five days of content uh and it was really a, a profound effort a combination of many of the events that we had been having across europe coming together under one umbrella for the risk five summit this also you know unique to europe is that we also had a strong influence from the european commission and the various investments that they're doing around open hardware uh, which really are specifying risk five at the center of that. So we had a lot of engagement there, uh, as well as you know a lot of the industry areas of interest. So it was really a, a, a strong success for us as well as for the community. Yeah, Barcelona is a great place to do that. Um, so can you talk about risk five profiles and why they were important? 
so one of the pieces of the puzzle is to put the whole puzzle together, right? So when you have a base specification, a base instruction set, uh, you really want to know what do I compose along with that base as a common blueprint or a common design that can be used in you know, some of the uh, kind of mainstream workloads, whether it's for embedded or data center or what have you. And so profiles are a step in that direction to say, you know, the most commonly composed elements uh, can be construed as this, and then that is then something you can attest uh, compatibility uh, through. We today have a lot of compatibility to the base ISA and have expanded that into our first set of profiles. And then that will then uh, move into composed uh, uh, platforms, which we expect in the first half of next year. So these are you know, common base sets that uh, the industry can then adopt as, uh, as we proceed forward. This does not uh, disrupt or change the, uh, you know, the things that have been frozen. And that, you know, that is a, you know, a hallmark of what a standard is, is to make sure that what you set in stone and, and ratify is there for the test of time. And that's uh, one of the key elements that we look at as we ratify profiles and then in the future then uh, going into platforms. Yeah, you guys have been very successful with it. Uh, congratulations. And so what's the latest on the RISC-V efforts uh, from Google's Android open source project, the AOSP? You know, the AOSP project has been a great uh, step forward in getting Android fully functioning on RISC-V. And now, uh, as we saw from the Europe Summit, and uh, I think there's a blog up on our website as well, that the support for RISC-V and uh, Android 12 is, is implemented now based on Android 10. Uh, and what we're finding and what the community is finding is that, you know, the upgrades and, and adaptation from 10 to 12 is, really requires just minimal changes. Uh, and those uh, can be done through throughout uh, various elements here, including tool chains, build support, uh, Google Chrome, as, as well as system libraries. So you're really able to bring all the functionality over uh, as, as uh, and we have uh, and continue to see a lot of growing support throughout the community as well as from the, the Android team. That's great news. So there's some discussion about uh, whether RISC-V is open source or an open standard. Um, can you put that to rest? You know, can you explain a little bit more about that? So RISC-V is really an open standard. And you know, we've seen other standards uh, throughout time uh, where there's a global standard set. And these are, you know, these are predominantly in hardware. Uh, you know, once upon a time, as an example, uh, networking and data centers was a proprietary, uh, you know, unique differentiator for uh, various uh, commercial entities. Uh, so if you had a, um, you know, particular branded network, uh, that was also the same brand that you would carry for your servers. Well, along came a new standard called uh, Ethernet, and Ethernet really allows you to plug and play uh, whatever you wanted into your data center because it, it, everything could connect. Uh, that's a standard. That's an example of a standard. It's not uh, changing with a patch update. It's, you know, it 
it, it is something that is collaboratively built, but then frozen for the test of time. And that's the primary difference between a standard uh, and open source software. Um, where a standard is something that you really want uh, to become that global base building block. You know, if, if you uh, have a, a, an issue that needs to be fixed in software, you issue a patch update. If you have something that needs to be fixed in hardware, that's a product recall or it just simply doesn't work. So having a standard that uh, is absolutely frozen and you can depend on uh, in, not just in development but also in production is absolutely critical in hardware. Uh, so we do uh, view and uh, propose RISC-V is an open standard for global adoption such that you have uh, choice and freedom of design, uh, not just in the chips that you build, but throughout your supply chain, uh, as well as the markets that you embark on. Uh, and so that really is you know, a hallmark of uh, what an open standard can provide. Yeah, I agree completely. Great explanation. So what are some of the other recent updates we should know about for RISC-V? So, yeah, we're uh, in the process now of getting ready for our uh, RISC-V Summit China, uh, which has been wildly successful in the past, and uh, also our RISC-V Summit North America. So we've, we've expanded from uh, one to three uh, global summits, and uh, we're excited to see China in August and then uh, North America in November. Uh, so those call for papers are just uh, underway, and we're getting uh, the agendas and content put together for those. So I think you're going to see a lot of great announcements and community traction there. Uh, speaking of the community, we're now more than 3,600 members. Uh, continuing to see a even spread across uh, North America, Europe, and APAC. Uh, we have more than 12,000 active uh, engineers in the community, and we're continuing to see a lot of growth and momentum around our online learning and certification programs. So we've had more than 20,000 folks sign up for our uh, online courses. And now you can even be uh, RISC-V certified. We have that in uh, English as well as Chinese. Uh, so we're continuing to deepen our support for our members. You know, our, our goal is to make our members wildly successful, whether that is an engineering student or a multinational and everyone in between. We continue to see a lot of growth and momentum there. So as a community, we are continuing to grow. We're continuing to see more and more announcements uh, across the space. I'd be interested in hearing your view as well on the number of design starts that you're seeing incorporating RISC-V. I know a couple of years ago, we put that already at uh, uh, nearly 25%. And so it would be great to understand, you know, what are you seeing? Are you seeing continued uh, proliferation of uh, you know, design starts as we continue to see the growth in custom processing uh, in parallel? Yeah, you know, when we first started covering, covering RISC-V, you know, there was a specific market we saw is, is people who wanted an alternative to ARM or wanted an alternative to, to another technology. And, and so, you know, that, I guess that's the uh, early adopters. But now we're seeing people picking RISC-V because of competitive advantages. You know, it, it's a more competitive product. You know, it, it's better fit for their application. Um, the ecosystem you mentioned is just massive. You know, it, that is probably the biggest driver for design starts. So, yeah, I mean, we're, it, it's probably harder to find a design start 
without RISC-V than it is with RISC-V. So, so you guys have definitely crossed that big chasm. Um, final question, how do customers normally engage with you? I mean, you're at the conferences, you're out there, I see you everywhere, but you know, what are the other ways customers can engage with RISC-V? So that is the benefit of scale, right? I mean, we have a huge number of members who are out talking to the community, talking to the partners, talking to customers every day. And we showcase many of these on our website. So we have a, uh, you know, RISC-V exchange on our website where you can see a lot of the great uh, products and solutions uh, and, you know, sort of a catalog of these uh, that are available. Um, you know, we just route the traffic directly to those stakeholders. In, in many ways, RISC-V International is, is the matchmaker between, uh, you know, kind of what you're looking for and where to find it. We also have folks signing up as members and engaging in our work groups. We have around 70 different work groups that are tackling various uh, topics and ratifying extensions together so that we have that collective insight and interest uh, baked in. So folks become members a lot. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, engaging in universities, engaging in events, showing up to these different forums and, uh, you know, staying in touch with us, whether it is, uh, you know, regular uh, reviews of our blogs and our news that's going on. You know, the, the, the social feeds are pretty prolific on RISC-V these days as well. Uh, you know, all of this traction is really surrounding each of us. And that uh, is testament to the inevitability of RISC-V that, that you're seeing in design starts that we're seeing across our uh, members and their deepening investment. Um, and as you pointed out, folks are selecting RISC-V not just because it's an alternative, but because it's a, it provides them a better option. They're able to achieve their uh, design parameters and benchmarks that they're looking for whether that's power, performance, or any other variable, uh, and also in growing numbers around security, safety, and, and other functional standards in automotive. Uh, we see folks picking RISC-V because it really enables them to produce the best processor. Uh, and that is uh, you know, something that is very important to our community and to the stakeholders, right? So. Uh, that openness, that open collaboration really fuels innovation, which does foster comp competition, but, you know, it's that innovation that we are most excited about. Yeah, I think the RISC-V value proposition is, is well documented now. So, uh, you, you congratulations. I mean, you've, you've done uh, an excellent, excellent job over the last four and a half years. And thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And I'm sure we'll see you at your next event. I'll be at the North America event for sure. Looking forward to seeing you there. And thank you so much for the time on this today. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.